This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles Premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Eagles podcast. Mark Bryan, good to see you. Cuzzo, good to see you, mate. Another true gentleman of the club we have with us today. Yes, a man, Sea Eagle number 299, 299, 118 games for Manly, scored 19 tries, 167 goals, 410 points, and of course, a premiership winner in 1987, one of the great hookers of the Sea Eagles, Mal Cochran. Mal, good to see you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, we're going to have some fun looking back at your career. Let's go back to your junior days when you captained the Australian Schoolboys Tour of England and France in 1979. Wow, that's a long way back. <laughs> we just said we we're going to test your memory, didn't we, Coco? Yeah, I think we've copped a few head knocks since then, Mark. Um, actually, I wasn't the captain. I think that was oh. um, back in those days they thought that I was. A guy called Steve Hardy was the captain of the Australian Schoolboys team. I was just lucky to be a, um, a member of a very good side, actually. Most of the players, in fact, I'd say 95% of those players went on to play first grade in Sydney and then represented New South Wales and Australia. Wow. Very successful. Mm. Those Australian schoolboys tours, just incredible when you look back at how many players, like Mal said, have kicked on to NRL level and really exceeded in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our uh, well, it was 1998 and we had, you know, Mark Gaznier and Brett Finch, Alan Tung, Justin Hodges, Ashley Harrison, Luke Brannigan. You know, it was and very similar. A lot of them kicked on and a lot of them kicked right on to, you know, to represent Australia at the first grade level as well, which is pretty impressive. And when they talk about it, they say we had Mark Gaznier, Mark Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? All right, now uh, your senior career. Mal, before you joined Manly, rumour has it that you actually considered the Bulldogs. Very close. Uh, on that schoolboys tour, um, Peter Moore travelled away, God bless uh, Bullfrog, with the Australian schoolboys team. And uh, from what I was told, that he had Andrew Farrar, myself and Steve Mullen clearly in his sights. Of course, he eventually got uh, Andrew and Steve. And I had decided not to come down in 1980, which is the first year out of school. I just felt I needed 12 more months back home. Continued to negotiate with um, Canterbury, of course, and then I had a, an interview, and I think it was the Rugby League Week or one of the big league or something mm. with Zorb. Oh, and yeah. uh, through that interview, Zorb apps, uh, he asked me who I followed, and it was through that interview I said Manly, <laughs> and of course Zorb put me in contact with Arco. Arco, to his credit, flew to Tari and said, "Look, what do you want to do? I want to stay twelve months." He said, "We'll sign you up. You stay twelve months and um, come down in nineteen eighty one." And that made the difference between signing with Canterbury and Manly. How good. Bob Fulton, your childhood hero. He was. And uh, that was the, uh, the reason why I was a great supporter of Manly. Mm. What was it about Bob Fulton, the player, that, when you were growing up, that you just loved about? Oh, he was just one of those freakish players that uh, could do anything from, from out of nothing. Uh, he would easily play in the game today because of his freakish 
attacking abilities. And Bose was very strong. You could see the way he defended, see the way that he palmed players off, and his lightning speed. He was just something special. Tell us about when Ken Arthurson came to you to say, we're going to sign you. Take us through, if you can recall, that moment, your family. Like It's obviously such a big moment for you at a young age. Pretty amazing having someone like Arco, yeah. you know, who's just, you know, uh, the great aura about him, the godfather of uh, of Manly, you know, coming flying to your hometown and, and sitting down would have been pretty special. Yeah, well, it was. It, um, again, you know, when you're first starting to talk to these senior clubs, you just don't know where they're going to end up. And as I said to Ken's credit, he thought that um, it's best to come and see me meet the family, which was pretty wise. And he knew that I wasn't wanting to come to Sydney straight out. And uh, that's why he put that proposal. Very, very smart man, very astute man. I'm not suggesting for a moment that Bullfrog uh, isn't. He was definitely <laughs> he was very, good too, very wasn't he? astute. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I just uh, decided that that would be the way to go. Mm. And uh, when you read through the history, and you know, I had a little bit to do with the great Bullfrog, and they both had a, they had a gentleman's agreement. Manly would not poach Canterbury players, and Canterbury would not poach Manly players out of res- mark of respect between Ken Arthurson and Bullfrog. Really? Yeah. So during that time, maybe whether it always happened or not, who knows? <laughs> but uh, and Mark, you would you would know one of Arco's greatest assets uh, would be that uh, you'd go in wanting to get extra money in your contract. You'd come out being the world's best player and less money. Yeah. He was a genius. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that a few times about Arco. Absolutely. <laughs> when you first came down, then Mel to Sydney to the Northern Beaches to play for Manly, where were you based at? And recall those days. I actually came down and I joined the police as well in 1981. I ended up getting a a, a unit in DY, and that's where I settled. Of course, I was. Um, Brought straight into the first grade squad mm. to start training with them. And believe you me, that opened my eyes. I thought I was a pretty young and very fit young bloke from, you know, running around with all the sports that I did as a kid. And believe you me, a whole new world, a world of pain. The way that they trained and for the length of time, yeah, it just certainly opens your eyes up. It's amazing when you hear these stories, Boxy. It is, absolutely. You think about even some of the sessions that we used to do, you know, back in the day as well. And when you think about them now and you count up how many reps and how many, you know, times you ran and, and in those days it wasn't you know or gps started to come in my time in manly but my days back in canberra it was just run and run and run and run and i'll tell you what it broke a few blokes along the way you know and, and you yeah. didn't want to be that guy that uh that, that was you know down in their haunches or that stopped just keep running just keep running <laughs> well i end up in the fat squad and I was, I was fit as a fiddle <laughs> Mate, I only just so I, got out, I got out of the fat squad in my last season at the London Broncos over in England, and finally got out of there after twelve years. I finally got out of the fat squad. So. Did they follow the London Broncos? Are they still no, going? no, they're still around. Still they're going? still around. Yeah, still going. Okay, now after buying your time in reserve grade now behind Maxi Crillage and Ray Brown, you made your first grade debut for Manly. Tell us about that. It was against the Steelers. Geez, you'd have a better memory than me well, on that one. Well, you won 34-6. to six. I think you scored four tries. No, I'm only... <laughs> wow, one of those great Mark scored four tries in his career. That's what how I remember. That's a lucky number in here. Look, I was... Uh, when I came to Manly, as you can appreciate, I was behind some of the greats of the game, let alone Manly. And, you know, you talk about Max uh, Ray, of course. And then you, know, you had Wombat, Terry Randall, Ian Thompson, you know, all of the really great Manly players. And when I came to Manly, I had the two hookers in front of me. And if you recall, Ray Brown made the Australian 82s, uh, the Kangaroos in 82 from reserve grade. That's how well he was going. So, uh, yeah, when I came to Manly, I just had to bide my time and played a few first grade games, you know, a sniff here and a sniff there. Um, and then, yeah, it took till 84 because I think Max may have retired in 82, 83, something like that. What was it like for you growing up 
you love the Seagulls, you arrive for training, but the first time you pull on the Manly jersey, whether it's third grade, reserve grade, first grade, the first time you pull on the Manly jersey, what did it mean to you? It was very surreal, actually, when you consider all my life I'd sat down and watched this team play, and then you're actually putting the jumper on. It was a really special time, and it brought home the significance and the emotion of it was a dream. Mm. Dreaming of playing for the Seagulls. Let's face it, we all grew up in a country town, and we all want to play for our own first-grade teams at home. The dream was to go and play in Sydney, and um, mine was fulfilled by playing for a team that I absolutely loved. Mm. Blokes like Maxie and Ray, with their experience on that, what sort of lessons did they teach you as a young man coming through? <laughs> Don't give a mug an even chance. <laughs> no, they were really good. Uh, they gave their time whenever you asked of it. You saw how they play the game and what they were up to and what they did, and you had to learn from them. If you didn't learn, then you, know, you just wouldn't get ahead. But they were very good guys. Okay, now moving forward to 1984, you get your first taste with Manly of Finals footy, but unfortunately we go down to the Rabbitohs, the SCG. What was it like playing under Captain Alan Thompson? Oh, very, uh, well, again, I used to watch Alan mm. play the game. was a great admirer of his and a very skillful man. You know, he was able, he was one of those people that just made time. It was a great experience. Uh, I think we got beat that day, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, we were leading early and... I think a bit of an all-in stink happened and <laughs> changed the time. Common occurrence. <laughs> if, you, if you're losing in those days, it was put the stink on, let's yeah. see if we can win that or, you know, change the, the flow of the game. And I think that's what happened. They, uh, they got us in the second half. How did you go in the old stinks back in those days? Funnily enough, you talk about all of these stinks and, um, you know, I came up through with some really tough hookers of that era. Mm. You know, you, you threw a couple, but they were mainly all misses. Uh, I don't think I got hit too many times other than in the scrum and, you know, yeah. the old head butts. So. Yeah. You would have heard many great sledges, uh, whether it's from your teammates or opposition being in the scrum back in those days. Any stand out? Any, any great stories that you think, wow? Yeah. Not that you can say here. No. <laughs> Not that you can repeat. <laughs> no. It's a family show, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so uh, in that first year, 1984, you play alongside some great uh, manly props in John Harvey and Jeff Gerrard. Tell us about those guys. Yeah, well, as you know, um, Harves is always known as one of the tough guys. Mm. Very, very good player. And Jethro, well, his record speaks for itself. Mm. Again, two very, very good players, very wise players that gave plenty of their time. And, um, you know, they gave a lot of the, you know, their opinions. They helped you out enormously, particularly uh, when you're in these types of games, when it's big games, tough games. They certainly looked after you. They were good, the good old days of the scrums, weren't they? You know, where a bit of barging going forward and put the ball in the middle and they caught the back and all that kind of stuff. That was a little bit before my time, yeah, cousin. Well, I think you must think you were growing up than what yeah. I am. What's that bit about putting the ball in the middle? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, see, yeah, the back the, feet. yeah, you jogged to the scrum, but then that was the break. So you put the <laughs> arm over and, 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 and uh, try and uh, try and catch a breath. But yeah, that was when, when scrums. And that's, Mate, I remember know, watching Mal in, in that period, you know, and some of those great hookers that he um, came up against and obviously uh, played alongside uh, blokes like Phil Daly. Just a big, tough front row, wasn't he? Very skillful too. Absolutely. Milton, uh, as he was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, well known, great guy, great front row. Well, he went on and um, made the 86 Kangaroos. Yep. And of course, if you're talking about that particular um, era, then in 87, of course, we ended up with Kevin Ward. Yeah, I'm going to get to Kevin Ward in a sec. But uh, mate, talking about 1986, so 85 mainly lose the playoff to uh, Penrith. And then 86, we finish fourth, but we're eliminated by Balmain in the semis. But for you, Mal, it's a great year for you individually. Boxy, he was the Daily M Hooker of the Year, 1986. 
And this is before your time, Boxer, but I remember this. The Great <laughs> Rothman's Medal. Mm. You collected that and it was voted by the referees for the best and fairest player. Now, that's what a great accolade at the time was for you. And, and do you still have the medal today? Oh, I do. Um, I think my wife's hidden it somewhere. <laughs> Dust collector. What's the price of gold these yeah, days? Yeah. Um, look, I, I've always said this, that uh, individual awards come about because of your teammates yep. and how well your team's travelling. They're great things and it's a great honour, but you've always got to give your teammates a wrap because mm. it's through their efforts as well. It's a team effort, really, it is. Well, only two Manly players have actually won the Rothmans medal. One of them's with us now, of course, Mel Cochran in 1986, and the other one. Graeme Eady, 1974. Mm. So when you look back at that Rothmans medal list, you just great winners, some great players. Absolutely. If you look back, there's some, um, well, some of our all-time greats mm, have mm. won. The, and, you know, the great man himself, Graeme Eady. All right. So, uh, mate, uh, 1986, Kangaroo Tour. Many people would consider you were very unlucky. You didn't go on that Kangaroo Tour. A bloke named Benny Lies, who you would have had some great stinks and battles with, got the jump. Royce Simmons was the test hooker. Tell us about that time back then. Yeah, I made the train-on squad, and, um, you know, you're always thinking that you're in with a chance. But if you remember, that was the year Balmain made the big run mm. to the semis and got to the grand final. So that certainly helped them. But I think also that year they reduced the uh, halfback and the hooker. They used to take three of each. I think that year they took two of each. So that didn't help as well. Mm. But you know what? It's one of those things that um, it's disappointing, but you just have to uh, get on with it. And when I reflect to where I've come from, to where I've been, it hasn't been a bad journey. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll continue your uh, great journey very shortly. What we're going to do, Boxy, we're going to uh, take a, uh, a break here because the halftime siren has just sounded and we're going to have a short break from our great sponsors and return with Mal Cochran. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions, helping to protect Australian people and property for over 130 years. Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment, backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services, from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormald.com.au. And welcome back to our Golden Eagles podcast chat with Sea Eagle number 299. Great hooker indeed. Rothman medalist winner in Mal Cochran. Mal, we're going to talk about the 1987 grand final. Now, that was obviously, as we know, Boxy, uh, it was the last grand final at this stage to be ever played at the SCG. Tell us about that week leading up to the grand final. How were you feeling, the nerves? Manly beat East to get into the grand final. Tell us about the week. Actually, the game against Eastern Suburbs is a really tough game, very physical. And it was one of those ones where we came out of it saying, thank God we've won. And we were of the belief that uh, the loser would have had a very, very hard time backing up and then winning the, the following weekend. And that, you know, ended up being the case because, um, as we know, the Raiders beat them and come through to the grand final. Mm. But the good thing about that was Bose, you know, very um, smart man, kept us all calm and uh, focused on what we had to do. Mm. Leading up to that 87 grand final, it was like those years beforehand, you, Bozo really built the team that he wanted, and it was a quality team, and you reached that grand final, obviously going to win it. But then you look at Canberra, they were sort of stunning their run, as we saw later on, they went on to win their premierships. Some great players in the Canberra side too, obviously, Belcher, Meninga, Stewart, and all that kind of stuff. So just an incredible side as well. Absolutely. And as you say, they will bring in some young players. I think Laurie and yep. um, Steve was there. 
So they were on their way up. And look, we were lucky that uh, we played Canberra at a very good time in our lives. We were a really good outfit. We, we felt we were a really well-balanced side, both in the forwards and the backs. We had a ton of speed and we felt that we could outscore any team. No matter how many points they got on us, we firmly believed that we'd outscore them. Well, all the hard work begins in the forwards, as Boxy always reminds me. <laughs> and uh, Boxy, how was this forward pack from the 87 Grand Final? Paul Vorson, captain, Crusher Cleal, Ronnie Rambo Gibbs, the great Kevin Ward, Phil Daly and Mal Cochran, the hooker. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive pack, that one, isn't it? You touched on Kevin Ward. Tell us about the great Englishman and just a hard-hitting front row, very skillful as well. Hard as nails. He couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> he just had to guess every second word. Okay, mate, yeah. But what a wonderful player that he was. You know, so reliable. Had a lot of respect from the opposition. And, you know, Kevin showed in that particular grand final what he was made of. He made heaps of yards and, you know, a very, very strong scrummager. Mm. And, you know, just his presence um, on the field, you got instant respect. The uh, back line, Dale Shearer, Michael O'Connor, Cliffy Lyons, Des Hasler, just to name a few. Not bad. Well, as I said, we had plenty of yeah. speed. I mean, when you look at that back line, you know, we just had speed to burn. And, you know, somebody like Rowdy. Rowdy only ever ran as fast as he absolutely he needed to. to. <laughs> you know, Rowds was one of those sorts of players that, uh, you know, geez, I'll only run this quick this day. And as you know, Napa just had one of the great blinders, mm. um, and he just simply bamboozled Canberra all day. They just didn't know where he was coming from and obviously went on and got the Clive Churchill medal. Just a big game from Napa. Mm. What was it like to play alongside him? They talk about the unpredictability. Is that, you know, and it's just always a couple of plays ahead. That's how he was. Um, you know, sometimes you had to stand back and try and read what he was about uh, or anticipate. But um, that was the beauty of Napa. And he just created gaps. He's one of those players, like I said, about Alan Thompson, that um, they created time. They just had players standing off him. And that's exactly what Napa did on mm. the particular day. And he was quick. He was quicker than people gave him credit for. And um, when the time presented, he would go through the openings himself. Mm. So just that sort of a game. Now, to win a premiership under your childhood hero for Manly in Bob Fulton, what an amazing feeling that would have been. Absolutely. It's one of those things you, well, you can't really explain, but I've got, I've got a confession to make. I got knocked out in the yep. game within the first 20 minutes. I was going to say that just So I, di <laughs> I didn't remember the game itself. Um, you you know, watched when, the replays. As you know, Mark, as the fog starts <laughs> yeah. to lift in the game, yep. it was la the latter part of the game and you start to realise what's going on. And that's when it becomes one of those things that, you know, we're, we're in front. We believe that we're going to win. And, uh, yeah, when we finally do win, at least I was back on planet Earth. It's amazing the muscle memory that comes into play there too in terms of, you know, you'd be knocked senseless as, as Coco was, but you would just fall back into those training, those reps and sets that you do, and you just go about your game. And then all of a sudden you're watching going, shit, I don't actually yeah. remember, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're defending or you're on your line and it's just foggy. But, you know, as I said, I was extremely lucky who I had around me. Um, you know, you had some of the toughest players running around. And look, when you talk about players, what a great combination that you had with Noel Cleal and Ronnie Gibbs. Couldn't have got a better pairing of second rowers. Mm. You know, and they're obviously complemented by Fatty. Yeah. But uh, you've got two very, very good runners of the ball with both of them. And then you've got Ronnie that's just, he doesn't care. He'll take you both out <laughs> in a tackle. He'll take the opposition and you. That's a great nickname, wasn't it, Rambo? Because he really was on it. The head gear and just went for it. Yep, didn't mm. care. Just, yep, yep. just Tell us about Fatty as the captain. We all know him. Some of the younger generation will obviously remember him for uh, the host of the footy show. But what a great player Fatty was. What you saw with Fatty is what you got. 
um, as a person than when you went into the dressing sheds and one of the most laid back people you'll get but one of the most inspirational players I've ever seen. There were many a times where we were, you know, cutting the ball out from our own line and struggling, and Fatty would be the first to say, give me the ball, let me take it up. And he'd do two or three runs out of the six, but that was the type of player that he was. And believe you me, don't don't think for one moment he wasn't quick. When he got out into the open, uh, I know he made a lot of jokes about pulling hamstrings or what have you, <laughs> but Fatty was quick. Yeah. Uh, he was a very good attacking player. Well, after winning the uh, the grand final and the week celebrations down there at Manly Leeds Club, you head for the World Club Challenge and you play Wigan. Bit of a, uh, a low-scoring game, a trialless game. Uh, Wigan win 8-2 at Central Park. How was that experience for the young boy from the country? You've just won a competition in the SCG and then you are in England. Great trip, great experience. Um, Cold. Long, yeah, long week though. As you, you know, as you know, mate, it's um, celebrating the grand final, and then you come up for air, and then you have to knuckle down again, and then get ready for the World Club Challenge. And you know, I've got to say, um, it was a great experience because when we got to Wigan, the place was absolutely full. They all hated us. They were on the roofs, but the atmosphere—it's yeah, something you, very hard to describe to people. So it was a great experience. <laughs> Would have loved for us to given ourselves a bit better chance, but you know they're the things that happen. Mm, mm. That was a great Wigan team too, wasn't it? In in, in that day, wasn't it? Who's some of the players that were in there? I'm just trying to. Well, Ellery was the Ellery. captain. Ellery was the captain. Sean Great Britain five eight. Yep. Sean, uh, oh, not O'Loughlin. Uh, Sean. Sean O'Loughlin. Sean O'Loughlin's uh, Sean, there now. And, uh, and the hooker was um, the current. English hooker, so they were full across the yeah. park with quality players. Five mm. eight came to the Tigers. Sean, that's it, Edwards. Sean Edwards. Edwards, there we go. Sean Edwards Perfect. went to the Tigers. That's Perfect. right. They were quality players. Yeah, yeah. Martin O'Fire was he around then? Might have been a bit. I think Chariots was a bit. He was a bit later. A bit on, later, yeah. But uh, but what a great famous club too to play as well as Wigan and you know. Oh, absolutely. Experience and yeah. one of those special moments. Now your final first grade game for Manly, you play at the Wacker. Yes. Yeah. Against yeah. Canberra. Yeah. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about that, going over there to play rugby league in, at that time in 1990. It wasn't a pleasant game for me. I um, I got caught wide a couple of times. When you're a little bit younger and you've got uh, fitter legs, you would have got to them. One of my great uh, memories was Mal just going straight past me. He didn't even have to fend me. He just kept going straight past me. I went, <laughs> see you, Mal. Um, they were a bit too strong for us at the Wacker, but it was a great experience. Yeah. Talking about Mal, Manuka, what was it like <clears throat> trying to stop that man? Hard. Um, You know, everyone's got this thought of Mal being six foot six or what have you, but he's just an extremely solid man. And if you recall, when he first started playing, he was quick. Um, Mm. You know, Mal was no slouch. Mm. Um, And even uh, as he got a little bit older and more mature, he was still very quick. Yeah, big. See, Mal came down. They flew down to Cootamundra, like Arco did to you, him and Kevin Neal and uh, Robert Finch to sign me as as a schoolboy as well. So Mal just had this aura about him, especially you know going there as my first first grade coach in Canberra. But just a big, just a big, solid, strong human. Great bloke, mm. really, really, really decent bloke. Um, and um, went on to do some boxing as well. He could throw him as well. He can throw him. <laughs> he wouldn't want to. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to give him a mouthful of cheek. That's for sure. I agree. Um, but it was well. You know, Mal was he's one of our legends. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. Now, uh, in 1996, uh, post playing career, you coached the Australian Aboriginal Rugby League team on their tour of Great Britain. Yeah, we took away. It was through David Lydiard. He um, put together this team where I was lucky enough to coach. 
We uh, played against the Bala, the British Amateur Rugby League Association teams. And, um, you know, we had a lot of success. We took away then some very good young players. Great tour. Great opportunity for anybody, any mm. young person, to be able to be taken away on something mm. like that. Um, and it was a thrill. It was great to coach. And you talked earlier about your days in the police force. Uh, tell us about the days of the police. You're still involved? No, I, um, I joined the cops in 81 and got out in 2000. Hmm. Come along, like a, with rugby league, come along in a great era where the police were very supportive of rugby league players. You know, there were a lot of police officers. Well, you've only got to look at Manly. You had um, Phil Daly, David Ronson, well, there's Wayne Portlock. Pat Jarvis, Craig Young, a lot of players that were first, Paul Serenin. Mm-hmm. So just to name a few, there were uh, police officers. So it was, a, it was a, a compatible job. What are you doing today then, Mel? I work for the Public Service Association, which is the um, union to the New South Wales Public Servants, yep. where we're, um, we do our best to um, assist all of our members. Good place to work. Good stuff. Now... In 2008, you were named hooker in the Indigenous Team of the Century. That just must have been a great honour for you. Yeah, it was. It was, um, of a lot of things you do, that was very close to my heart for obvious reasons. And, you know, when you look at the team, there's some of our great players. But uh, from a personal point of view, I was really pleased with that one. Uh, they're, they're the sorts of things that you tell your kids. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of telling your kids, uh, what about this Indigenous jersey in 2020? This year, the Seagulls proudly wore uh, this fantastic Indigenous jersey that you and Cliffy Lyons were involved in. It just came out so well. It must have given you great pride to be involved. It actually didn't. And Mark, you, you'd laugh at this, Mark. Nap, <laughs> fancy Napper and I having the idea of putting something on a jumper, a manly jumper. Could you believe it? Us, us two bullfeds. Um <laughs> But what the, the main concept was simply around um, recognising all of our great Aboriginal Rugby League players at the club mm. that have come through this club. We have a wonderful history. And if you go back to that 87 grand final, we had five Aboriginal players in that team. A lot of people don't associate Manly with Aboriginal players. It's always, you know, the Red uh, South and what have you. Mm. But Manly have a wonderful history. Mm. And we wanted to get that on our jumpers. And that was the dot painting that um, Lee Hampton did. Did a great job. And, of course, the Northern Beaches map signified mm. our connection to it. Mm. Now, it's, such a, it's, it's just a fantastic round, isn't it, the Indigenous round now? And it's just getting bigger and bigger every year. Absolutely. It's more and more recognised. Um, you know, hopefully we'll continue to educate. And mm. uh, it's, this is a way of, you know, highlighting our wonderful skills, but also the reconciliation side of it. Mm. which is why it's in that week. Yeah, I think it's great to have two club legends, you know, had so much success and, um, you know, in, in Napa and Mal to actually be a part of that and, and help drive that. You know, I've seen a couple of the Indigenous round jerseys that other clubs put out and I just didn't think that they, I don't know, I, I think there could have been more to them. I know Jack Whiten came out about the Canberra one mm. and said he's really disappointed in it. I hope that, you know, they, you know, some of their Indigenous guys, you know, Kenny Nagus was a legend down there, you know, get involved and really drive that, you know. I think I think that's, um, it's great, you know, to have them involved and, and such a, a big part in it, but also, you know, um, educating us all more and more on the culture and the importance of, and, and, and you know, recognising those great Indigenous players that have come through the ranks. Yeah, very But that's, well that's where you've got to give Manly a rap to as a club. You know, they're very supportive, and, that, and I think that's a wonderful thing.
Okay, well, uh, like your great career, full time has been called, <laughs> Mal. And uh, look, it's been absolutely tremendous to uh, talk to you direct about your career. Once again, congratulations, Rothman medalist, premiership winner in 1987, one of the game's good guys, does a great work in the Indigenous community. Uh, we're proud to support that. Sea Eagle number 299, Mal Cochran, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Wayne and Mark, for having me. It's Cheers, been a Cochran. pleasure. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seaeagles.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII Live Media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. 